40 here, and when I try to make sense of the world, I turn to the eternal wellsprings of Torah, right? It's, it's worked for the Jewish people for the past uh, 3,000 years, so that's where I turn to try to make sense of this crazy world around us, and I, now I don't have to tell you, but this week's Torah portion, wow, it's uh, Tazria, comes from Leviticus, what an exciting book, the book of Leviticus, chapter 12 verse 1 to chapter 13 verse 59 so it's all about the laws of impurity you can't get more exciting than that and about giving birth and then undergoing purification after you give birth and then a person who's afflicted with some sort of skin disease how they must dwell outside the camp until they're healed and the whole afflicted area in a garment or a home must be removed and then if the the skin disease returns then the entire garment or home must be destroyed so we have to try to keep we have to try to keep our sacred spaces mate and so i remember when i broke the mark wallace story back in 1998 so 24 years ago it was also the torah portion of tazria right that was the torah portion for the week when it was officially revealed that male porn star mark wallace had tested hiv positive Right, so Sarat, the name of the Torah portion, it can be translated as impurity or skin disease or leprosy. And the Talmud suggests that frequently through this skin disease, that's the means by which God sends an individual a message of spiritual rebuke. And I love the commentary on the book of Leviticus by Ikra by conservative rabbi Jacob Milgan. He notes that the priestly theology that suffuses Leviticus posits the existence of one supreme God, who contends neither with a higher realm nor with competing peers. The world of demons is completely abolished. There is no struggle with autonomous foes because there are none. There's only the one true God. With the demise of demons, only one creature remains with demonic power, the human being. So endowed with free will, his power is greater than any attributed to him by pagan society. Not only can he defy God, but in the priestly imagery, he can drive God out of his sanctuary. So humans have replaced demons in the Torah worldview. So humans can drive God out of the sanctuary by polluting it with their moral and ritual sins. And all that the priest can do is to periodically purge the sanctuary of its impurities and influence the people to atone for their wrongs. So people are always going to be sin, sinning. We're always going to be falling short. We're always going to be polluting. What we need is a mechanism to clean things up. It's like getting some oration about morality, you know, in a porn scene. It's a total downer. Condoms destroy porn. It was thought inevitable that the industry would get infected with AIDS. It was just kind of taken for granted. In 1995, Barbara Dole, a beautiful blonde French porn star, tested HIV positive. Then in February of 1997, Nina Cherry tested HIV positive. And then you had Jordan McKnight in uh, summer of 1997. And there was a lot of uproar and concern. And then everything was quiet for another six months. People really freaked over Trisha because they really liked Trisha. Trisha Deborah. In early 1998, he was going to study to be a doctor. One a month. It, it, just spun people's minds. Like, what, you know, what the hell is going on here? In April of 1998, my sources got coming to me and saying, hey, it's Mark Wallace. He's the one behind it. You know, there are girls who won't work with him. He's dangerous and he needs to be stopped. I posted that on my website April 23rd, 1998, and everybody went crazy. <laughs> 
Mark Wallace called me and said, you did me wrong, and this is not true. But it wasn't incandescent rage that I was dealing with. It wasn't what you would expect from an innocent man who'd been totally wrong. But it, it was way too reasonable. Mark Wallace did not want to come in for a PCR DNA test. He did not. He was avoiding it. So Sharon Mitchell let Mark slide on getting tested for a long time. So Sharon Mitchell announced at an industry meeting that Mark Wallace was patient zero and that he was HIV positive. Mark Wallace was fucked once Sharon Mitchell said, we think he's patient zero. From then on, he was, he was fucked. I mean, you'd need to have an unbelievable public relations team to try to turn around that narrative. He said, I think maybe, you know, maybe the girls gave it to me. It's part of what made the industry hate him. He had this test from uh, early March that said he was HIV negative. So is Mark, like, modifying his test results? Is Mark a monster? They look at his test and it says he's a 49-year-old female and the address for the testing center is, is wrong. In 1996, he was written up in AVN for changing. Okay, so this is from the 2018 documentary called Pandemic. It's about uh, the time I tracked down patient zero of the 1997, 98, 99, oh, 97, 98 HIV outbreak. Dates on his HIV test for VCA and the Renzi Productions. This is unheard of. This was not something that I know anyone else do. Can we point now at Mark and say, this is a man of such unfathomable evil. And that's what the industry did. They went from Mark is our friend to he is not one of us. And he is the one responsible for wreaking havoc on our beautiful industry. If it wasn't for Mark, everything would be blowjobs and lollipops. Okay, let me get to the Torah and all this. I, I know you're, you're sick of this, like, tawdry story, so let, let's get to the Torah and all this. So for the people Israel in the Torah worldview, impurity is harmless. It only retains potency with regard to sacred places. And lay people, but not priests, might contract impurity with impunity, but they must not, however, delay their purification rites, lest their impurity affect the sanctuary. It's like... You may be okay with whores, but you don't want them walking into church and, and davening with you, right? So the sanctuary, the church, the synagogue, the, the mosque represents the presence of God. Impurity represents sin. It represents the wrongdoing of people. And if people unremittingly are just spilling their seed anywhere, just all over the dusty soil, if they're just unremittingly polluting, right? making the sanctuary filthy. They force God out of the sanctuary, out of the community, and out of their lives. So we've got these, these texts in this week's Torah portion about scale disease, and then we get into the fascinating topic of chronic genital flows. Have you ever had a chronic genital flow? Like one chronic genital flow can just ruin your whole day, and it's, it's kind of awkward to explain. So these are physical examples of the priestly theology against the idea that physical impurity arises from the activity which must be either exercised or appeased. So purification is not about healing, right? The afflicted person undergoes purification only after he is cured. So even though the scale diseased person doesn't bring sacrifices for possible wrongdoing, the only determinable wrong is that his impurity has polluted the sanctuary. Wow! We've got uh, Judas Fly, member for seven months, Hail Ricardo. 
Right, so another example of the way the, the Torah exercises the demonic from impurity is the case of the person afflicted with chronic genital flux. Chronic genital flux sucks. Right? It's a discharge, however, that contaminates. It's not the person. So you get some chronic genital flux on you. Don't hate the person. Hate the flux. Right? So in Israel, the afflicted person does not contaminate by touch as long as he washes his hands. All right? So as long as the chronic genital flux dude washes his hands, don't get all upset about it. Right? So to, to take these Torah thoughts and translate them into Porn's HIV outbreak, it's the HIV that contaminates. It's not the persons who have HIV. So go ahead and hug someone with AIDS. You know, shake their hand. All right? And they don't contaminate by touch so long as they take appropriate precautions against, you know, sharing their virus. You know, no unprotected anal and, and don't share intravenous um, needles, all right? So Mark Wallace and company may not have, you know, been visited by demons. They were visited by a physical disease, all right? There's no world of demons. Sorry, Ricardo. There is a creature, however, with demonic power, the human being. So to use and share HIV needles and to engage in risky, you know, unprotected anal sex, you know, with other blokes, it places you and those around you in danger, right? That knowingly have sex with someone when you have a lethal disease, when you've got that chronic genital flux, all right? You know, that's demonic, all right? You're going to go out there and start transmitting the chronic genital flux? That's very wicked. So the human being can act like a demon. He can defy God. He can drive God, the source of healing, out of the community. And the only way to retain healing in your community effectively is by atoning for your sins and for the filth that uh, we can't help but accumulate. So from a Torah perspective, there's one law that rules the universe. That law is both physical and moral. If we grossly violate God's moral law, there will be physical repercussions and there will be consequences to driving the source of healing out of the community. The dominant view was that he was a sociopath, that he knew he was HIV positive, and that he was passing it along to girls in the industry. Shut up. He was just infecting girl after girl. He's a serial killer, just trying to get away with it for as long as he could. He was a man on the edge, and he understandably had a suicidal impulse. You know, let me just end my life. What about all the other women who worked with Mark? It appeared to me that he was the most likely source for Barbara Dole's infection. He was infected in 1995, but HIV is very difficult to transmit. So it doesn't surprise me that Mark could work with women and they not get HIV. The industry had every incentive to say there was one rogue performer and one bad guy, and he was responsible for what happened here because they knew that this was the type of thing that could blow up and shut down their honeypot. We've got this thing under control. We don't need more government intervention. We don't need more government regulation. We don't need more scrutiny from the mainstream media. We don't need any bad news. This is just one rotten apple. Okay, that's from the 2018 documentary, Pandemic, which just kind of illustrates my, my point about there's the sacred and there is the filth, and we can only maintain the sacred and the source of healing by engaging in rituals. All right, now I think everything's becoming completely clear now, right? You, 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 you now recognize my point about how, how this uh, Russia invasion of Ukraine has become some you know, massive battle of good, good versus evil. So on the face of it, Russia invading Ukraine, it's just great power politics, all right? It's one great power doing what great powers do and just uh, 
just just wrecking a company that uh, a country that that's nearby. Wow, I don't like the the quality of my live stream. I've been uh, trying out new settings, and I don't like what they look like. Huh? I'll have to have to revisit my my settings. Okay, that really sucks. Low resolution. So if this doesn't clean up soon, I'm coming back with with new settings. Boy, that sucks. Man, oh man. Okay. Let's see what we can do here. All right, here's Professor Jeffrey Alexander on double whammy trauma. Construction worker for three decades has come through the pandemic healthy and employed. At home in Milwaukee, where he lives with his grown son, he tries to tune out the hostile politics in the country and wonders if he should bother to vote again for President Trump in November or, quote, sit back and watch it crumble. The American experiment is teetering. It's also... Okay, I've got some uh, revision to do on my settings. Be right back. <laughs> 